Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Week 3 Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Remember, guys, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is so easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. They've been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. MyBookie is currently slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to make a deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on deposits over $100. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code BEARS25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BEARS25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. And if you're willing to hold out after 7 p.m., you can get that extra $25 of free play by using promo code BEARS25. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take the extra money. You play, you win, you get paid, my bookie. This week on the Bears Talk Underground. After losses by Green Bay and Minnesota earlier in the day, The Bears were 60 minutes away from being alone atop the NFC North for the first time since 2013. All they had to do was hold the woeful Arizona Cardinals at bay and get out of the desert with an easy win. Was it easy for our beloved, or did they make it harder than it needed to be? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 3 Review episode of The Bears Talk Underground. Back-to-back victory Mondays. I could get used to this, or actually last week it was Victory Tuesday, but I could definitely get used to doing victory episodes, even with as ugly as this victory was yesterday against the Arizona Cardinals. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for a week three review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, and um, I don't I don't like it when we play in Arizona. <laughs> it's just something... I don't know if the place is haunted, you know, if it is, if it is it on an old Indian burial ground or something like that. Whenever the Bears travel to Arizona, it is never pretty. You know, I mean, yesterday was somewhat of a repeat of the 06 Monday night football game. Nowhere near as dramatic uh, as that game, as I, I, I saw highlights of that. I saw a video on Facebook of it today, almost brought tears to my eyes to watch it. But, um, you know, it just it, it, it never we never go in there and uh play well and then walk out with an easier victory i mean i think we did back in 2012 but that season also had the curse of being lovey's last so i think that um i think we played arizona second to last that year and that was one of the two victories that we needed to finish 10 and 6 and have a shot 
at the playoffs. So we, we, we go out there and we beat Arizona. We beat Detroit the following week, and then Lovey gets fired the day after that. So, you know, there, there, nothing good happens when the Bears play in Arizona is what I'm saying. So uh, it's, uh, it's been a, 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 an iffy proposition at best when we go out there. And, you know, you know, for the first two weeks of the season, we come out, you know, out of the gates. We're just blasting our opponents. We're putting points on the board with our opening drive. Uh, we're setting the tone defensively. None of that happened yesterday. None of it happened yesterday. It was all Cardinals for the first quarter. And, you know, it was just everything that could have gone wrong basically did uh, for the Bears. And, you know, it's like our, our unstoppable defense gave up 14 points right off the bat. Uh, Trubisky still not looking at impressive. He has a turnover that the 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 the, the Cardinals turn into to easy points uh, and things like that. It was just, I mean, anyone who was following me on Twitter yesterday, BTU underscore Larry on Twitter, um, anyone who was following me knew that about midway through the second quarter, I declared we were losing the game. It's like that's it. It's just not our day because nothing was happening. I mean, it just nothing was was going our way nothing at all so i just kind of chalked it up to yeah we're probably not going to win this one i i just don't see it happening <laughs> anything that could go wrong is going wrong and, and we're playing this this wounded animal of a team and it looks like we've backed them into a corner to enough to where they've become dangerous because they were hurting us with everything that they were doing and, and we could do nothing right uh to get things started i mean the one decent drive that we did have uh, in that first quarter resulted in a missed field goal because Trubisky took a 17-yard sack uh, on third down. So instead of, uh, I mean, obviously he was trying to avoid the rush and, and try to find a way to, you know, to get himself free to, to hit a guy open. Uh, he missed the checked off, which would have been, I believe, Tariq Cohen in the, in the flat on the left side where the blitz was coming. Well, it came from both sides, actually, right and left side. But he missed Cohen, you know, who would have been open if he got rid of the football. Uh, but instead, he ran backwards and kept running backwards until they caught him. So thankfully, they caught him where they did. It was still a field goal attempt, but it went from being a chip shot 29-yarder to being a 46-yarder that uh, Parkey, I think, hooked to the right. I think he hooked it wide right. Either way, he missed the damn thing. Or did it go off the crossbar? I don't. He missed it. That's the point. So uh, nonetheless, that was the most successful drive of the first quarter. And it was, you know, one disaster leading into another, taking a 17-yard sack, then doinking the field goal, however it went. And, you know, Arizona's coming out of this thing unscathed. Um, and it was just um, kind of downhill from there uh, in the first quarter. You'll, you'll hear me talk about it in the knee-jerk reaction right off the bat. And even into the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, uh, I did not like how things were going and, and was not, uh, not at all feeling that it was going to end up being a positive day for our beloved. Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter between the Bears and the Cardinals. And unlike the first two weeks where the first quarter was all Bears, there have been no Bears in this first quarter. It's been a gut-wrenching disaster the first 15 minutes of this game because the Cardinals, who had scored six points total in their first two ball games this year, have scored 14 in the first quarter of this game. So they've nearly tripled their uh, point total for the season in the first quarter against one of the best defenses uh, in football. And from what you're seeing on the field right now, they don't look anything close to the best defense in football because we looked like we're getting out coached 
on the defensive side. I mean, we just were the, the Cardinals are taking advantage of mismatches, uh, broken coverages. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has turned the football over again uh, today. The Bears were, were pinned deep uh, by, a, by a decent punt from the Cardinals. And uh, Trubisky on third down, um, feeling the pressure, steps up in the pocket, was going to run. One defender brushes his arm, knocks the ball loose. The ball basically bounces back to Mitch, but he drops the ball as he's trying to run with it instead of falling on it. The Cardinals recover one play later, one of those mismatches I was talking about. Danny Trevathan one-on-one with David Johnson. We'll lose that matchup every single time. Touchdown Cardinals, it's 14 to nothing. The first drive of the game was was another mismatch uh, problem. We got the Cardinals on third down. Then all of a sudden, first of all, Khalil Mack was in coverage on third down. I don't know what the hell we're doing there. And we had him in coverage on third down against Christian Kirk. And it ended up being a 30-plus yard gain on like third and five for the Cardinals. That led to the busted coverage and the first touchdown. So it has been an absolute disaster. Hopefully the Bears uh, have a bit of amnesia and can recover in the second quarter to either tie the game or get close before we head into halftime because it's not looking good out there. It's been bizarro land in the NFL all day today. The Packers lost to the the Redskins. The Bills smoked the uh, Vikings earlier today. So there have been some crazy games so far today. This looks like it's just happening. Uh, again, because this should not be happening. So we'll see how it goes. The Bears are down 14 to nothing. We got the football, and we'll see how it goes from here. And while we know now that it didn't get any worse, the Bears did not give up one single point after giving up those 14, uh, after after spotting a 14-point lead to the Cardinals, the second quarter wasn't much better. You know, um, it, it the one credit that I can give to the offense in this in the last couple of weeks when they've been stagnant if you will is that they have been keeping themselves on the field the bears won time of possession by 13 minutes uh yesterday and they, i mean it was 36 to 20 36 and change to 23 uh in change so the defense wasn't exhausted in the end it was arizona's defense which was flying all over the place causing a ruckus and causing turnovers and everything on trubisky uh yesterday it was them who got gassed and who ran out of steam at the end when the Bears were driving to set up the, the field goal for Parkey in the fourth quarter and uh, on, on the drive where, I mean, Jordan Howard scored the one and only touchdown that the Bears put on the board yesterday. He flat out ran a guy over to get the last you know foot and a half to get into the end zone uh, yesterday. I mean, it was um, it, the Bears truly did wear him down. Um, we gave Jordan Howard the ball a lot more, which is what I was asking for in the preview uh, episode. But, um, you know, it didn't come with the yardage, but, you know, it, it, it did give us results. And it kind of fed the stat that the Bears are way more successful as far as wins and losses when Jordan Howard has 20 or 20 plus uh, carries than when he doesn't. So I think we've improved to like nine and two or something like that when Jordan Howard has. Uh, more than 20 carries he had 24 yesterday only 61 yards so we only averaged about two and a half yards a carry yesterday but he had the touchdown and uh, Tariq Cohen got five carries for 50 something yards uh, yesterday so running the ball was definitely part of the game plan going in uh, overshadowed completely by how Trubisky has been playing Um, that has been disappointing to watch 
Um, I think I talk about it a bit more here in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction. I think it was 14-3 to uh, at halftime. You don't hear any air of optimism in my voice at all, especially right at the very end when for the second time I say, we'll see how it goes. Listen to how I say it, and you can definitely anticipate or you can definitely sense that I'm anticipating talking about a loss to the Arizona Cardinals 30 minutes from now. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter, the Bears and the Cardinals. And it was a better second quarter, but uh, it's been frustrating uh, to watch. The offense, uh, for the second time, got deep into Cardinal territory, only to have it go against us. The first time uh, the Bears take their opening drive of the, of the game and... Uh, with their deep in, in Cardinal territory. Then on third down, we get a 17-yard loss on a sack, and Cody Parkey went from having to attempt about a 29-yard field goal to a 46-yarder, and he missed it. Well, this time we get the ball all the way down inside the five-yard line and um, settle for a field goal to make it 14-3. Uh, to three. And it looks like the defense is coming back to life. We've sacked Bradford a couple of times now. We've gotten some pressure on him. Khalil Mack with his third sack of the season. Akeem Hicks with a sack uh, that caused a fumble on, on, uh, on Bradford. Unfortunately, the Cardinals recovered it. You know, it's it's either just not going to be our day or it's shaping up to be a 2006 Monday night football repeat where the Bears look awful for three and a half quarters and then all of a sudden rattle off some points at the end of the game uh, to, to, to win or something. I mean, it's just been – Trubisky has been the most frustrating thing. Uh, I'm, anyone who's been following me on Twitter knows that I put it out there. Watching Trubisky has been frustrating this year because he's either trying to force it into somebody – force it to somebody who isn't open or he is flat out missing guys that are wide open. He missed another wide open Taylor Gabriel this week. It would have been a touchdown or a huge play. One of the two. He needs to make up his mind about the kind of quarterback that he's going to be or else we're going to have to start listening to Jason Lockenfora when he says that Trubisky's not the best quarterback on the team. I mean, it's it's just getting frustrating to watch. Trubisky is either one extreme or the other. He He's either making the wrong decision or he's making a bad throw. We're very little of we're seeing very little of the in between where he's making the right decision and the right throw. So the Bears are down 14 to three. We start with the football to in the second half, and uh, we'll see how it goes from here. Does that sound like a guy who thinks it's gonna go our way? That's why I love recording those knee-jerk reactions because it's, it's you know, hard on my sleeve. You guys know I love this team. Uh, I'm sure most of you can imagine what it's like to watch a game with me. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll make that happen. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But, um, you know, it, it's just um, – it was frustrating. Trubisky has been frustrating to watch, disappointing, downright disappointing uh, thus far. I mean, with what we saw from him last year – we attribute a lot of what went wrong. Well, not a lot. But yeah, we, we, we attribute a lot of what went wrong with the fact that he just didn't have any help out on the field, that he had a jackass for a play caller, uh, and so on. Uh, the problem is the, the play calling hasn't gotten much better. Um, and, you know, I proposed on Twitter yesterday during the game that I would like to make bubble screens illegal, um, mostly because the Bears have never run one that's been successful since John Shoup 
was calling bubble screens since that was a new thing back in the mid 90s. And Steve Walsh was throwing bubble screens to Jeff Graham back in the mid 90s. Okay, it really hasn't worked for the Bears since then. Okay, it is a low percentage play. I don't give a damn what anybody says. Okay, maybe it's crazy successful on the college level where the talent level isn't as high, but in the NFL where everybody is the fastest guy on the field, bubble screens are garbage and we need to remove them from our playbook as soon as humanly possible. So, um, and and to top things off, um, I was not happy with the Bears settling for the field goal. Uh, it's uh, high risk, high reward, but I wanted the Bears to go for it because the I thought that if we... I felt that if we settled for the field goal that we weren't going to win the game. Honestly, that's how I, I felt, and that's where I was emotionally at the time. I did not care if we didn't get the touchdown. I wanted the Bears to go for it. I wanted them to show me they were trying to win as opposed to just trying to hang in there. You know what I mean? Uh, and I just wanted Nagy to be aggressive on that one and, and go, for the, go for the touchdown. I think we're only maybe a yard, yard and a half out, and we're kicking a field goal uh, and taking the points rather than – um, going for it and cutting this lead in half and going into halftime with some momentum. Uh, but we took the field goal and, you know, as, as we know now, it ended up working out for the, you know, just fine. But uh, that's what I wanted to see uh, at that point uh, in the football game. I wanted the Bears to be aggressive uh, and go for it, but they took the points. So the second half comes and unbeknownst to me just because of my frustration with Trubisky and the offense in the second quarter I, I did mention it that the defense has has settled down uh you know all credit to to Fangio and the defensive staff for making the proper adjustments because the Cardinals didn't have much of an offense after those first two drives and their 14 point lead uh out of the gate and they were a disaster offensively for the rest of the game uh, I think I even mentioned it either in the third quarter knee-jerk reaction or for sure in the fourth quarter about how they had 13 yards of offense since they scored those two touchdowns. At some point in these knee-jerk reactions, I say that. That's unbelievable. But after the first two touchdowns, they were punt, 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 and then in the second half, the defense really turned the heat up, and that's where the game started to turn in our favor. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Cardinals, and the game has been flipped despite the way that the offense has been mind-numbingly frustrating to watch for the most part. We put 10 points on the board to narrow the gap down 14-13. Uh, the defense has reclaimed control two turnovers in the third quarter, two interceptions of uh, Sam Bradford, one from Eddie Jackson where he was the apparently the intended receiver on the play where he uh, made the interception. And then Sherrick McManus, a diving interception to steal it. Both drives resulted in the 10 points for the Bears, making it 14-13 to 13 as we go into the fourth quarter. You know, I'm, I'm not really sure what to expect out of this fourth quarter. The Cardinal offense had gained all of about 13 yards since those first two touchdown drives uh, for them. But... Um, you know, they still maintain a 14-13 to 13 lead. Uh, the defense is, is zeroing in. They're, uh, they're making their case. The offense just needs to step up and uh, make it count. So we'll see how these last 15 minutes go. Can we steal this game from Arizona, or will the Bears be 1-2 and two looking at a tough game against Tampa? Speaking of tough games in Tampa, um, 
I'm sure by the time you guys are listening to this, you will see that uh, my favorite player of all time, Chris Conti, uh, has become the uh, subject of the newest NFL meme on Monday Night Football when uh, Vance McDonald, the tight end for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, en route to a 75-yard touchdown reception, used Chris Conti's head as a shot put and pushed him into the turf. Um, I swear to God, Chris Conti... He only <laughs> this this is the only way this guy knows how to make headlines. He's not going to come out and have a three interception day. He's not going to be that guy that has the pick or the fumble recovery that will win the game for you or, or close it out or anything like that. But he is going to be all over NFL meme. He's going to be all over memes or whatever for the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, and it's going to be showing him and his sorry ass getting thrown into the ground uh, by Vance McDonald. You know, I know somebody's going to probably going to put like Monday's be like and then Chris Conti face first in the turf or something like that. I think it's fantastic. But um, looking forward to having him be the reason that the Bucks lose next week uh, to the Bears because some busted coverage or him not getting the signal on the audible and uh, not covering the guy that he leaves wide open down the middle of the field for a touchdown son of a bitch anyway i'm i'm, I'm okay I'm, I'm all right i'm I'm not still bitter that we blew that game against green bay because chris conti didn't get the uh, audible call the only guy on the field that didn't do it son of a bitch. anyway um back to the arizona game you term you heard me talk about it we you know it's it was the first of uh the first of four straight turnovers generated by the defense if that's not taking over the football game I don't know what is first of all you did hear me say they had gained all of about 13 yards since scoring those two touchdowns to start off the uh, football game the Bears really clamped down uh, on defense and uh, Sam Bradford was uh, not good Uh, throwing those two interceptions like I said he hit a wide open Eddie Jackson down the sideline the problem is Eddie Jackson didn't play for his team that was an issue. And then a uh, fantastic uh, interception by Sheriff McManus where Bradford literally threw it into double coverage. He had McManus in front of him, and I think he had Tolliver behind him. I don't know if it was before. I don't know if that – I think it was Tolliver that was behind him um, because uh, Amukamura pulled a hamstring yesterday, so he left the game early. And Marcus Cooper was out also with a hamstring, I think. But uh, nonetheless, so Kevin Tolliver, our undrafted rookie free agent from LSU – is is playing in his stead uh, yesterday, and I think it was Tolliver that was behind him, and Sherrick McManus in front of him. McManus was the one that just dove in front of the uh, the pass and, and made a crazy interception. And uh, the Eddie Jackson interception led to the uh, 67-yard drive that ended in Jordan Howard's get out of my way touchdown uh, that cut it down to 14 to 10. And then McManus was another field goal drive for the Bears, making it 14 to 13. So you hear it in my voice. There is an air of optimism because we have a shot now. The defense has things under control. And then you heard me say it. Now it's up to the offense to step up and make it count. Because much like that Arizona game on Monday night back in 06, it was the defense that kept us in despite Rex Grossman's six interceptions. The defense was keeping us in this one despite the fact that we were just stagnant on offense. So we were we were moving the chains, but we ended up petering out. We end up, you know, it, it was it was frustrating uh, to watch. So it was uh, it was difficult to to see. I mean, the, the momentum was definitely clearly with us, with the Bears at the time going into uh, the fourth quarter. 
But because it was such a close game, one play could blow this thing wide open, and you never know who that one play is going to go for. Well, instead, it turned out that it was two plays, and they both went for the Bears. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Cardinals, and it's a ball game. Yes! <laughs> the Cardinals were in a Hail Mary-type situation to try to win the football game. The Bears send the house. They blitz and sack Josh Rosen, who came in with about three minutes to go in the ball game after the Bears had taken the lead 16-14 to in the fourth quarter. Um, and it resulted in an interception, which the defense got four turnovers on four straight possessions in the second half. We got 13 points off of those turnovers, and there was the difference in your ball game. The Bears 16 to 14 winners over Arizona. It was damn ugly, thanks to our offense. You know, the Cardinals gave us every opportunity, especially in the second half, to blow them out of the water with all of those turnovers. But the offense just refused to take advantage of it. Nagy, unimaginative, repetitive. Trubisky, bad decisions, bad throws again. It's just not, the offense is just not clicking, man. It's just not clicking, and it's frustrating to watch. All credit goes to the defense on this one. They're the reason that we won this ballgame. They're the reason that we hung in there after giving up a 14-point lead to start the football game. The Bears go to 2-1. and one. We are alone atop the NFC North. When's the last time we were able to say that? And we prepare for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week, who could be undefeated if they can beat the Steelers tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. So... Ugly, ugly game. Lots to talk about here. I'm sure, after, I mean, this is the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. I'm sure I've talked about it plenty at this point. But, good God, we came away with the win. It should not have been this hard. And that's the game in the nutshell. You know, it, it was proven over time, uh, over the last three quarters of the football game, who the better team was, and that was the Bears. And, uh, you know, when you're, if, when you're a bad football team, not only do you not play to the level that you need to, but you also do things to hurt yourself. We've watched our Bears do that for the last several years. Um, you know, mostly in the, I mean, from the last year of Tressman through all three years of, of John Fox, we hurt ourselves more than we ever helped ourselves, and that's why neither of those idiots is our head coach anymore. But, you know, that's what happened with the Cardinals. They had the Bears by the throat uh, early on. They could not capitalize on on that uh, on the momentum or on the confidence or whatever that that comes uh with that they let the bears back into the game uh and then especially in the second half they had four drives in the second half and then turnovers ended all four of them three interceptions and the uh fumble um recovery forced by khalil Mack again i mean the guy unbelievable you know and it's just <laughs> and then of course you see the funny memes out there that Khalil Mack has four sacks, he's got an interception, he's got a touchdown, he's forced three fumbles, one in each game so far, and the Raiders' defense can't match. I mean, they have one interception uh, to match Khalil Mack's. They have zero touchdowns. They have three sacks total uh, to max four. I mean, he's basically beating an entire defense by himself. And John Gruden keeps going on television, going on the radio, telling people, I don't know why we can't generate a pass rush. Oh, well, he was just wreaking havoc in Arizona for the Bears. So that's why. But um, 
it's it's been unbelievable having him. I mean, he's been as good as advertised, and even even more so. Uh, not only is he is he making those plays, he's made them every week so far. He's spoiling the hell out of us uh, as Bear fans up to this point. Uh, he's going to have to be Superman and have 185 sacks to to live up to expectations with the way this guy has started his uh, Chicago Bear career. So, um, I mean, just been a monster for us again. But also, again, we had four sacks on the day. Khalil Mack only responsible. I think they credit him with two uh, this week. But Akeem Hicks had a sack that resulted in a fumble. Unfortunately, the Arizona Cardinals got that one. Um, who did they give the other sack to? Let's see got the stats right here McManus Sherrick McManus he got the sack on the last play of the game that's where I started then the knee-jerk reaction was that I wanted you guys to have my reaction to us either winning or losing this game you know did would Rosen be able to Aaron Rodgers us and and be the hero that everyone's going to be talking about for the next week after he literally comes off the bench with three and a half minutes to go it just set up so perfectly for that to end disastrously to the for the Bears because it's happened to us only a million times uh, before, but uh, thankfully our defense uh, spit in the face of the of that idea and uh, forced a, another turnover uh, from Rosen there from uh, an interception by Bryce Callahan, the fourth and final uh, inter, you know uh, turnover uh, in a row, and then uh, the sack from McManus with five seconds to go uh, in the game that uh, that sealed the victory, sixteen to fourteen uh, for our beloved. I mean, it was. Um, it was a, it, you know, it was like not for nothing. I saw the guy t- play a little bit during the preseason. He was impressive, but he was impressive versus twos and threes uh, in the preseason, the second game uh, against the Saints. So not too hard to look impressive against guys who A, aren't going to play or B, aren't going to make the team. So, um, but nonetheless, he was on an NFL field with NFL caliber players making it happen. So why not? Why couldn't it happen? You know, the Bears had had this uh, thing uh, kind of wrapped up defensively for the majority of the second half. You get a new guy you don't know his cadence and so on and so forth, and uh, things happen. As a matter of fact, Khalil Mack, um, his one minor mistake that he made yesterday was he jumped off sides on a pick six from Eddie Jackson. You know, he, he jumped a half second too early, was in the neutral zone when the ball was snapped, and... Eddie, Eddie Jackson jumped the route and took it back to the house. It would have made it a 23-14 to 14 victory for the Bears. Uh, but instead, it had to come back because uh, Khalil was off uh, offsides uh, on that one. And I didn't even bother getting excited because I saw Khalil Mack jump. So I knew that, that no matter what happened, it's coming back. And uh, so I didn't get to uh, – I didn't even have the false joy of, of celebrating Eddie, Eddie Jackson taking it back for – you know, number one, it would have been his second interception of the day. And two, it would have been a, a pick six nail in the coffin for the Bears uh, yesterday. Unfortunately, it was not to be. But uh, it was uh, an outstanding victory. Great come from behind, showing a lot of resiliency uh, on the part of, of the team as a whole. As, as disappointing and difficult as it was to watch the offense, they were in a 14 to nothing hole and they were able to to, to gain to, to, to garner just enough points to win. You've heard me say this um, a couple of times over the last couple of weeks now with the, the way the defense is playing. We're not going to have to score a lot of points in order to win football games this year. 
If the defense keeps this up, it's diff- it's going to be difficult for them to do so, especially next week against Tampa Bay, regardless of how badly it's going for them right now against uh, Pittsburgh. At last check, it was 16-7 to in favor of the Steelers. Um, they're explosive offensively, and we proved to that be our, our one kryptonite thing was, uh, was, was big plays against Green Bay and a couple of big plays last week against uh, uh, Seattle. The, the big plays happened again this week, but that was something that we got under wraps uh, after a while uh, against a team not as talented as the opponents before them. So they took advantage of early mistakes that we made, and then we took advantage of the fact that we're actually a better football team than them the rest of the way through. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's not going to take much for the offense to, to win us a football game if the defense keeps up what they've been doing. They they kept us in it yesterday. They you know they spotted us at fourteen nothing hole, and then they dug us out of it. You know with the with the three punts to finish out the first half, and then four straight uh, interception or four straight turnovers, giving the ball back to the offense. And we turned almost all of those into into points uh, yesterday. Now, of course, I would have uh, really liked it if there were more touchdowns instead of just uh, one touchdown and three field goals, but. You know, like I said, we only needed uh, to score one more than 14 yesterday, and the offense uh, managed to do that. So, I mean, we're still stuck in this learning process. You heard me say in the, I believe, the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction how, um, you know, any more play like this, we might have to start listening to Lock and Fora and his hate for Mitch Trubisky um, and, and, you know, maybe even playing credence to the idea that uh, maybe Chase Daniel uh, should take a shot at this. He's got more experience with the with the system, and maybe he can run it just a little bit better than Mitch right now. Of course, that would murder Trubisky's development, so that's not likely to happen. But um, you know, I wonder if at some point it's something the Bears might have to entertain, uh, just as uh, to to give the offense some help. Maybe he can come out there and and do some things that that Mitch isn't doing. Maybe he can see some things that Mitch isn't seeing, and maybe it will help him. Who knows? But uh, at this point. Um, you know, the defense is keeping us in it and the offense is doing just enough to get us victories. That's going to get harder as we go deeper into the schedule. We got Like I said, we got a tough game against Tampa Bay because they are explosive on offense. They can turn one play into points. And um, that's going to be difficult to go up against on Sunday. And, um, you know, that, that, that we can get into a hole easy on that one. And that would be without even making mistakes. That could be them just going out there playing their offense and taking advantage uh you know and 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 them just being better than us on on one or two plays and uh you know we can be behind big early on and uh dig a hole for our offense that we can't dig ourselves out of so we just need uh more production out of the offense plain and simple and credit to Nagy and Trubisky that's what they're saying as well they are acknowledging the fact that they're not holding up their end i mean the defense is setting an extremely high bar right now but you only got to meet it about halfway to help us win games more convincingly than we have the last couple of weeks so anyway i think that is going to do it for the review uh portion of the show what do you say we head over to our favorite segment everybody's favorite segment bear up bear down
You know, guys, my bookie is slammed with lots of new bettors and wants to give everyone the best possible service, if you're willing, to make a deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern. They'll give you an additional $25 in free play and deposits over $100. Join now, and my bookie will also match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code BEARS25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code BEARS25. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Now, we move on to Bear Up and Bear Down, and um, stop me if you've heard this before, but uh, Bear Downs go to Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy, the quarterback and head coach combo that are kind of married to each other at this point. And, um, you know, the play calling hasn't been what we were hoping it was going to be. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's play hasn't been what we were going to be. And granted, we do still need to exude a little bit of patience with this, um, you know. And as uh, rational human beings, we do understand this to be the case. We get it completely. However, as Bear fans... To hell with that. Uh, we have watched six horrible seasons between Lovey's departure and this season. Uh, we're tired. Uh, we're tired of our Bears being the laughing stock of the NFC North. We're tired of getting swept by the friggin' Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, we're tired of it being a joke of a rivalry between the Bears and the Packers. Uh, we, we want our team back. and We want the glory back that uh, we know and love uh, so much. And, um, you know... It's it's a six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. And as you heard me talk about it last week, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, you know, on, on one hand, you have the rational human being that fully acknowledges that it's going to take some time for this quarterback and this uh, system and this play caller to get a, a great feel for each other. Um, you know, you realize that that 2019 is probably the year that it, that the Bears are going to explode, uh, if you will. Um, but it's 2018 now and uh, we want us to win now so to hell with all that i just said be better on offense and help us score points and win football games god damn it because the bear fans the bear fan base is ready we absolutely are ready and as we've talked about a couple of times the last couple of weeks it's not going to take much it isn't going to take much to win football games i mean we're not on the 85 bears or 2000 ravens level but we're not far from it. I mean, we're, we're definitely building towards that with the way we've been so opportunistic. I mean, just look at the contrast between this year and last year. Granted, we added a superstar uh, in Khalil Mack, and imagine what he would have been able to do with, uh, on, with when John Fox was the uh, head coach. Fox would have loved to have a guy like that uh, on the team. But, you know, just look at the, in the, the first three games, I bet we have more turnovers than we had all of last year turnovers were very hard to come by last season or in the last couple of seasons uh, we just weren't opportunistic in that way I mean imagine uh, the results of some of those football games last year if we could have just generated one turnover a, a game in, in some of those uh, football games we've gotten multiple turnovers in all three games uh, thus far uh, this year I mean man if we keep this up you know the, the offense is going to have more than their share of opportunities to uh to make this thing to make it happen uh on offense so i'm you know on like i said on one hand i'm not patient and i want to see results and i want to see them right now and on the other hand the the rational side of me says if our defense keeps doing this and they keep giving the ball back to the offense eventually it's going to happen 
You know, eventually it's going to happen and it's just going to click. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're going to be off to the races. Now, hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. And, and, and hopefully this early buy, you know, it's been debated about if, if, an, if an early buy is a good thing or a bad thing. I say with the way that our offense has been playing, it actually also that would be a six in one hand, half a dozen in the other type situation. Again, on, on one hand, you don't want to stop the momentum that this defense is building up. I mean, we don't even know how they're going to play against Tampa Bay last week, but if the first three weeks are any indication, it's going to be good. And then, you know, but we, the last thing you want to do is give this defense a break. <laughs> but on the other hand, after the first four weeks, and again, we don't know how it's going to go against Tampa Bay, but if the first three weeks are any indication, it's not going to be good. So maybe this is the best time for the bye. You get those first four games out of the way. You have, uh, you know, you have two weeks to evaluate and find out what's working, what's not working, what's going wrong. Maybe get some, some different personnel groupings and stuff out there, and we hit the ground running against Miami Week 6, uh, who is currently undefeated, by the way. 3-0, and those guys are. But... Um, you know, so maybe the bye week is a good thing as far as the offense is concerned. I think the a break is the last thing the defense needs right now, but where one half goes, the other has to follow at this point. So um, that's just how that's going to work. But I, I think that, uh, you know, we've kind of been wondering if the early bye is a good thing. And I think for the offense, it definitely is. There's some, some time to step back and evaluate and, and uh, maybe come up with a, a better uh, game plan and, and, and a better way of using the tools that are available to us this year, which are exponentially better than the ones that we had to use a year ago at this time. So um, it's been rough uh, with uh, Trubisky and Nagy. Neither has really um, lit the world on fire early on in this uh, situation. But, uh, you know, there have been some positive things. Trubisky had a, had some, some really nice-looking plays uh, yesterday, one in particular – um, it was so effortless. That's why I, I still remember it. It was a, a play action uh, play and, and, and a deep, not so much a deep, but it, it was far more down the field than most of the throws Trubisky was attempting yesterday. It was a play to, uh, to Trey Burton on a, on a dig route across the field that got us about 20-something yards on the reception. It was a play fake. He rolls out to his right and just fired a perfect pass right to Trey Burton. If he has more throws like that, than than the other ones that he's been exhibiting uh, uh, lately, then then we're going to have a much easier time uh, moving the chain. So the point that I was making was, it you know it isn't going to take a lot to win the football game. So we're not asking you to score forty points a game. Give us twenty one and try not to look like a bunch of idiots out there <laughs> while you're doing it. That's kind of what competency basically is all I'm asking for. You know, I mean, Trubisky was making some throws and some decisions yesterday that, that, that honestly would have you questioning if he should be out there at all. Um, you know, there was a, a throw that he made yesterday that um, where the, the linebacker just kind of flew in from nowhere, but he threw it across his body and across the field. That's, you know, number one and number two in the don't do that list for quarterbacks. And it almost got picked off instead the guy just came in and kind of batted it down instead of picking up he probably could have picked it off if he had the presence of mind doing so um but instead it was just like jesus christ mitch what are we doing out there buddy and um you know it, it's been that bad at times for trubisky uh early going and, and meanwhile guys like baker mayfield and pat mahomes are slinging it all over the field looking like geniuses 
and uh, <laughs> at this point, kind of making the Bears look silly for not taking Pat Mahomes instead of Trubisky uh, on that one. So, but uh, you know, like I said, I, I still, I, I, I still think Trubisky is the guy. I really do. Um, it's just that I'm not in the mood to be as patient as uh, the situation may require uh, at the moment. Uh, we've got the tools. You've got the help around you. You don't have that retard. Uh, what's his name? It doesn't matter. Loggins. You don't have him calling your plays anymore. Everything is better. Now let's go out and produce, and hopefully we'll start seeing that soon. If the defense keeps it up and keeps giving the ball back to him, eventually it's going to click, and we're going to start hitting on all cylinders. And then really watch out for the Bears at that point. So anyway, on the Bear upside, I just mentioned his name a moment ago, Trey Burton. Uh, wonderful day he had catching the ball. Only had uh, four targets, but he made three catches for 55 yards yesterday. And that play that I was talking about was a 25-yarder. Um, uh, Khalil Mack, how could you not? You know, I mean, the guy, flat-out beast. Two sacks yesterday, uh, five solo tackles, a forced fumble. You know, I mean, the guy's just literally everywhere. I mean, and and, and I heard him uh, mention uh, in a in a in a uh, locker room interview yesterday that um you know basically just acknowledging the fact that he loves being on this defense because you have eddie goldman you have akeem hicks you have uh eddie jackson you have trevathan and roquan smith i mean talk about a guy roquan smith the best thing that ever happened to him was the khalil mack trade because everybody was looking at roquan smith with his holdout and missing you know well basically all of the preseason um, because he never really pl- he didn't play it down in the preseason uh, because of his holdout and uh, all the rest of it. We bring in Khalil Mack and all of a sudden, I mean, you guys heard me mention it during the Green Bay game when Roquan Smith came in to replace Danny Trevathan. It was like, oh yeah, we have Roquan Smith because everybody's been focused, super hyper focused on Khalil Mack for the last week. We forgot that this is an opportunity for Khalil Mack to get himself out on the field. He started the last two games and quietly played well in both of them because he's kind of being overshadowed in the best way possible uh, by Khalil Mack uh, right now. So, I mean, talk about a guy who, you know, like all the pressure is off. Khalil Mack comes in, so the spotlight's on him. You just got to go out there and not be the reason that we make a mistake. You know, just, just don't be that guy that blew that coverage or missed that tackle and you'll be out there with the best with arguably the best defensive football playing side by side with the best defensive player in the entire league and and learning from those guys and uh you know the next thing you know Roquan Smith will be that stud in the middle making headlines of his own so i mean talk about a guy who's benefited from this trade more than anybody else it's got to be Roquan Smith because tell me that the, the spotlight wasn't going to be on that kid if we don't make this trade everybody's watching Roquan Smith and every move he makes on defense if we don't make this Khalil Mack trade instead we do make the trade and everybody's eyes are on Khalil Mack and we barely notice that Roquan Smith is out there at this point so I mean got to be loving that the, the spotlight's not on him so there's no pressure to be you know, the, the uh, Butkus award winner and uh, the top it, the eighth pick in the, in the draft and, uh, and everything else. So, I mean, it's just the rich getting richer as far as that goes uh, with Roquan Smith. Uh, bear ups to uh, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen brought our running game back to life yesterday. Uh, Jordan Howard was, was more of the, um, was more of the banger 
couple yards here, a couple yards there, getting the first down, uh, scoring that touchdown in the third quarter. Tariq Cohen was more the big splash guy. Five carries, 53 yards yesterday. Was just short of scoring a touchdown of his own uh, on that one. Got caught around the one, one and a half uh, yard. I think that was the drive we settled for the field goal too, which is why I was pissed off about it. Number one, we didn't give the ball to Jordan Howard uh, at the one yard line. And uh, then we settled for the field goal. So I was pissed on all counts on that one. And then uh, finally, Danny Trevathan, bear up to Danny Trevathan, got that fumble recovery for the uh, Khalil Mack fumble, uh, forced fumble uh, yesterday. And Trevathan's just been a stud, the reigning NFC Defensive Player of the Week. I got a feeling Khalil Mack might take that from you this week. So we'll see how that goes. But there you go. There's Bear Up and Bear Down for the Week 3 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. We will be back on Thursday with the Pewtercast guys. Um, Brent Allen, Ren Dax from the Pewtercast are going to be on the show. We'll talk about this. I mean, this is a far more interesting game than it was even when we talked to, to Ren over the summer. You know, we were just kind of hoping that, that maybe we'd have a win or two sprinkled between the two teams uh, at this point. I mean, especially the Bucks because they're starting the year at – New Orleans on the road or they were at home for Philadelphia. Then they're playing the Steelers. That's, you know, with the way that they played in 2017, that's 0 three automatically. 0 three, their best shot at a victory was the also woeful, you know, five and 11 Chicago bears week number four, even though that was going to be a road game. And they were going to have to play those first three weeks without Jameis Winston, which has quietly turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Uh, for the Buccaneers at this point so I don't know how it's going here uh, with the uh, with the Bucks and the Steelers at this point I'm going to go check it out now and see what happens and kind of scout our opponent if you will but uh, Brent Allen and Ren Dax will be on the show this week to to help us preview this game and fill in the blanks from what I've missed so far in the first half I'm sure that we'll have some laughs over Chris Conti becoming the newest meme in the NFL uh, getting shot put it into the ground by uh, Vance McDonald it was so awesome to watch that. You know how much I freaking hate that guy. But uh, nonetheless, those guys will be back. So come on back Thursday, and uh, we'll have some fun talking to them and preview this matchup just before the bye week. So it's a big week for us. Can we make it a three-game winning streak heading into the early bye, or will we fall short and just be at 500? Either way, it's, it's not a bad position to be in. But uh, come back on Thursday, and we'll talk to Ren and Brent and uh, find out where we're all at at this point. So until then... My name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.